Hello legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast Season 2. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you're all excited to get stuck into the season as I am. It's just really good to be back and I've missed it. I've truly missed it. And you know what? It's been really hard to hold back all the episodes that I've been recording over the past couple of months. But I've got some massive, massive news. I have, well, the press room has a title sponsor. But... I can't tell you yet. You just have to wait till next week. I would have loved to have had it ready now. Uh, It's almost ready, but you know what these things are like. Sometimes you just got to wait a bit longer. So next week I'll be announcing the title sponsor uh, for the podcast. And when you guys see the announcement, you just get a it's going to blow your doors off. You know, like a Grunewagen sprint. Um, And you know what? If any all the subscribers out there and the, and the listeners and stuff if you've listened to every episode i bet you'd be able to guess who it is because um, you know i'm a big fan of this brand but anyway i'm giving it away next week we'll know now you've also you might notice how cool is the new branding let me know if you like it there's going to be uh, that's kind of going to set the tone for what the brand is going to look like moving forward season two season three and for the rest of the year Um, that's how it's going to look and it's really going to just liven up the podcast, make it look more professional and, um, you know, with my title sponsor coming on board, uh, you know, I've got to grow with it. I want to turn this thing into a monster and, you know, it's all down to you guys, okay? I hope you guys enjoy uh, the content and send me a message if you like the new branding because I certainly do and I'll share who's uh, actually done it. (laughs) It certainly isn't me. Um, all I can do is talk. I certainly can't do any uh, sweet sort of graphic design like this. So I'll let you know who's doing that for me if anyone needs um, graphic design work uh, from this professional. And um, yeah, look, season two. Oh my God, season two. I'll just quickly chat about that. Look, it's a massive season, okay? It's like the ultimate breakaway. I've got all teams represented in the world tour. Um, we've got, obviously some of the best world tour riders, some of the most interesting world tour riders on the planet. We've also got team owners. We've got team chefs, high performance coaches from the team. So we're really hitting all the boundaries. And I want to find out more about all of these things within the teams, within the squads, all those little things that we don't know about. I'm here to try and shed a light on that. And hopefully you guys find it really interesting. So there's some massive episodes to come. And as usual, they're going to be dropping weekly. But this week, there's two episodes because on the weekend, we had the Zwift Esports World Championships, the second, I think it's the second one. Now, for Australia, it's on Sunday. And for Europe, it's, it'll be, you'll be able to watch it in, um, obviously, on Saturday because of the time differences. So um, the first guest is one of the Australian representatives, Freddie Overt. Now, I really wanted to talk to Freddie because he's had a super interesting pathway through cycling. He started out as a high-performance runner, very talented. Then he moved to cycling, and he had a huge engine, and he was actually, you know, picked up by a lot of development teams. They saw his talent. You know, he's been through BMC development team when that was chinging off and a really, really strong pathway, AG2R's pathway uh, development team, um, oh, there's a few others, Israel Startup Nation, but now he's on Legion and he's racing for them. And, you know, we know Legion is more of the Criterium team with the Williams brothers and Skylar Schneider and, and those crew chopping up and maybe a bit of a content team perhaps. 
but obviously they're a continental team this year and they're racing uh, that sort of continental calendar and Freddie's going to play a big part about that. So he's got a really interesting story. We don't just talk about the Zwift uh, world, but we also talk about um, just his journey and it's super interesting. You'll hear Freddie. He's a great conversationalist like me and we really um, got along quite well. So it's an awesome combo. But um, yeah, look, we're going to talk about the worlds. Uh, the course is pretty crazy. And um, I guess let's just get stuck in, all right? This is season two, so you know what to do. If you're on the commute, if you're in the car, you're on the bike path, turn this up. If you're on the Ergo, you're on the Zwift, maybe you're doing the World's Recon course. I don't know, but this is it. I hope you enjoy the episode, Legends, and I'll see you soon. We were just talking about uh, uh, being on the fourth floor and... Um, you know, having to do a few lunges to get upstairs, downstairs. Um, you must be pretty used to that by now. Yeah, uh, we're just saying that in Girona that uh, everything is trying to fit into old old century apartments and that uh, pretty much if you're living here, you're, you're, you're missing on something either. You haven't got an elevator, you haven't got air conditioning or you haven't got uh, heating. I've got I've got air conditioning heating, but I I've also got like a hundred set of stairs that I got to climb every day. So uh, maybe maybe that uh, that's a secret as well. Do do hundred uh, stairs a day. Yeah, that's actually true. I might get something stored then. Um. I don't recommend. I, I definitely don't recommend. Trust me. Still fighting games uh, for the first week, but when you're carrying uh, your your shopping up and down uh, once a week, it's it's not fun. But uh, yeah. We, we have a nice apartment. I don't want to complain too much. Mm-hmm. We need that. Um, remember the scene that advert used to go on Australia? It might be worldwide. I don't know, but it was like one of those shopping ads, and it was it was for elderly people to get upstairs. It was like a little chairlift. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it had like the old bird. The old bird was sitting there, like on the little elevator with a packet of chips, like happily going upstairs. <laughs> Mate, I'd take one of them any day of the week. <laughs> I don't know how I carry my, my bike on it, but yeah, I've uh, I've had some dark moments at the bottom of those stairs, oh. uh, wondering uh, wondering how my life is going to go for the next few minutes. But uh, but I'm here, I'm here, yeah, I'm yeah. at the fourth floor right now, so it can only uh, can only yeah. here, I guess. That's it. Hey, um, look, I'm really interested to hear about how you got to where you are right now, right? So you're riding for Legend. Um, you're a big player in, in Zwift. Obviously, you're on the Australian eSports uh, World Championship team and the national team for that, which is um really, really cool space to be in. But, Freddie, can you start with maybe just explain a bit of your, your journey to where you are now, you know, explain like how maybe – you know, what you're going for when you were younger in terms of your cycling career and sort of, you know, just give us a rundown of, you know, your pathway to where you are right now with your cycling. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's a it's a super different one, that's for sure. But but actually one, I guess, that we're seeing a little bit more and more of and, and that's one where I, I came from a, uh, a different sport. I, I was a runner uh, predominantly my whole life, uh, ever since I was eight years old until I was 20, I was... Uh, completely on the mission of of being a, a runner, and that that's all I saw myself doing is uh, trying to compete at the at the highest level in running. And and I guess I was doing that from a young age. I was um, Australian junior champion over cross country and Pan Pacific mm-hmm. champion on on the track of eight hundred and um, progressing nicely. And um, I, I ended up going to the states, University of Oregon, on a on a running oh. scholarship. Whoa, nice. Yeah, 
so that that was a big deal for me and obviously something that I saw being the next sort of four or five years of my life as a sort of a 18 19 year old kid um and it was going well but I, I picked up an injury behind my knee that that no one really could put their finger on um and Oregon definitely doesn't lack uh, infrastructure and, and resources to, to, to see if there's anything uh, going on. But uh, yeah, all the technology in the world couldn't, uh, couldn't work out this injury behind my knee. And it, and it was frustrating to know when in my first year in a, in a big uh, university and wanting to run well, wanting to prove myself. And I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't get out the door and go for a run. Um, so I came back home over the spring break and yeah, I, I just started cycling basically and, and swimming a little bit with a local group with the intention of keeping myself fit before I headed back across. Um, before I knew it, I, I was riding quite well and, and doing these bunch rides in Melbourne and obviously the notorious bunch rides in Melbourne that everyone knows about. Oh, right. um, yeah. And and I was doing really well, oblivious to the fact that I was, I was doing well, but more or less when the, the road started going uphill, I would, I would do well. And I didn't think much about it, but eventually uh, I, I got invited to a Victorian Institute of Sport training camp that was run by the legendary Dave Sanders. And again, I was like, yeah, I'll go there, free trip, you know, no worries, you know, like it'll be great in, in, uh, in Bright in the, in the Victorian uh, nice. mountains. Yeah, beautiful place. And I basically went into that camp a runner and, and came out of it a cyclist. Um, hmm. Dave Sanders sort of sat me down and convinced me to be a cyclist. And at that time, and still a little bit at the time, athletics or track and field is a little bit in a dire sort of position where being a professional is is very, very, very far-fetched. Only the, only the best are really able to survive and make a good living. Whereas cycling is obviously a little bit more different and European-based sport and uh, worldwide now. And it, it, it's, there's a lot more opportunities. And you don't just have to be the best. And when I sort of got my head around that, I was like, wow, okay, you know, I can still be an elite athlete. I can still do something I, I love because I was always a fan of cycling growing up. And yeah, I went straight into cycling. Um, national championships was my, my first road race, my first race, the under 23 race. Wow. And I, yeah, I think I was top 20. I, I was, there was a group in front of us and, and I was in that next group. Um, wow. So, yeah, it, it, that, that was kind of a, uh, a moment, I guess, a pivoting moment where I was like, okay, there, I guess there is something in this. And um, Baden Cook was standing on the side of the road of that race and he, he gave me a ring the next week and said, hey, do you want to... <laughs> Do you want to move to France uh, this year and, and race for the AG2 Devo team? Wow, was, he was elite. He he was he just sent me a I think he sent me a DM on uh, Twitter. What? <laughs> um, of, yeah, it's crazy how things work out. And uh, I was I was like, yep, you know, young kid, you know, yeah, you, yeah. Who, who wants who <laughs> wants to make that next step? You, you, you know, you you go anywhere. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I did. I, I, I got on the plane, I think that next month, packed up well, my life and yeah. moved to France, moved, moved in uh, to a, a team house in Chambéry. My roommate yeah. was Benoit Cosnoffois, who obviously is- No uh, way, no, yes. No fool, yeah. And um, didn't speak a, a word of French, nor did they <laughs> speak any English, but that, that was part of the, 
the experience and it was a, a hard, hard, hard year, but I got through it and basically getting through that year was enough for me to be like, well, if I can get through this and these sort of living conditions, not, not that we were living in poor conditions, but that, you know, a foreigner in a, in a country has never been uh, to before in the language, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, well, I obviously want this, I want this enough and, and it's enough for me to sort of uh, pursue it and, and um, you know, continue with other teams and, and see what's out there for me. And, and at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted in cycling, if that world tour life was what I wanted. And and that point I thought it was, but now I'm at a point where I guess that world tour life is not really what I want. Um, and with Legion, I'm, I'm able to live that, um, live that sort of dream of being a pro cyclist, but kind of doing it on my own terms and, and, choosing races that that uh, excite me and i'm passionate about and show my ability in, as an athlete in, in different formats instead of just uh, that world tour um racing and yeah that, that's my cycling life story in a very compact it um, is a very but, definitely yeah. definitely very compact i mean to do it as particularly to start off in uh with, with the ad2r sort of team which is you know it's pure french as anyone knows um and brutal yes yeah. i know there's yeah. been quite a few Aussies that have, have come and gone and some some successful some not and um that that's nothing on them as as people it's just it's either for you or, or it's not and mm. it, it, it's hard you know mm. you, you don't have anyone there that you can uh you know sit down and have a yarn with at the end of the day apart from you, yourself <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you learn you learn a lot about yourself very quickly and you learn if, if, to be comfortable in, in in your own uh in your own uh, headspace and mm. um that that's a that's a life skill and, and definitely that, that that's what's important really i think at the end of the day to to learn more about yourself and, and what you can and can't do what you're comfortable with and not comfortable with so in hindsight i'm i'm uh, you know super fortunate for that opportunity but at the time it's it's hard work, man. Mm, hard work. Yeah, I've, it's one. It's one of the areas of professional cycling that I'm most interested about. Is the first year, first eighteen months that a young athlete uh, yeah. faces when they go, uh, Oceania-based athlete when they go to yeah. Europe. And I've got so much stuff on. I'm actually, I'm in the middle of writing this article about it uh, that I one day will finish. Um, and they all, everyone I've talked to, I've talked to Heat, just about every Australian, New Zealander that's over in Europe now who's been there, I've talked to, and they all echo the same thing. You know, they all got thrown mm. into the deep end and this cultural, mm. like, you know, it's a complete, like, it's nothing like it. And then outside of the cultural boundaries you guys have to sort of navigate and the language, then you've got the racing, which is completely yeah. different. You know, the yeah. field size, the roads. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Even even just, you know, riding on the other side of the road when you head out the door oh, yeah. the entire ride, you know. Yeah, I don't know how that can improve or how that can change because at the end of the day, it's a it's a European-based sport. Like I don't know what sort of like pathways or support infrastructure can be put in place, but I I, I see it every year when just with new guys that come to Girona and and just mm. like simple things like uh, the supermarket closes on Sundays or, oh. or siesta time, which is kind of like two to five. Most well, shops are going to be shut. So most and shops are shut between two and five. 
Yeah, pretty much. And 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 most and and most supermarkets and things as well. So you, you got your standard sort of neo pros come across and he's he's just on a fifth hour ride, blown his doors off, stressed about the new season, and he can't get his uh he can't get his sandwich after training. Oh no. Things like that, you know, that very small things that we take for granted back home in, in Oz or UK or the US, wherever us Anglos are from. That um yeah, coming to a foreign European sort of country that still has quite traditional mm. um like pastimes and ways of doing things it, it's yeah some people never get used to it mm. Did we, now i'll move on to to lead in a second and we'll talk about the world and stuff was there was was there a moment when you were going through that whole sort of uh space of trying to make it to the world tour and you know you're on the 82r i think you touched on Real. Yeah. the Spanish team, and then yeah. Car, you're all, yeah, the Seg development team, BMC, you're on all the main ones. Like, teams, man. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. Well, trying to find what's working for me, you know? Yeah, like, was there a moment where you are just like, oh, actually, you knew it wasn't for you? And, like, what was it? Man, I don't know. It, 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 it's something that, like, I was always a, a person that um, statistically teams – liked they, they were like wow you know you've got such great numbers you know you, you, you what's per kilo is great you know you're so skinny like wow you know like you fit perfectly into the into our system and i was like yeah you know like that, that that's true yeah i guess i do i guess that this is what i should be doing and uh, but at the end of the day the the racing I, I love the training and i always will love training and but the the racing i didn't really enjoy if i'm completely honest with you um i I sort of would would just be get just worried and stressed about the outcome too much, and I just uh, most of the time I wouldn't look forward to it. And if you're in that headspace, you're never going to do well. Yeah. You know, you're, you're just you're, you're just limiting yourself massively. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I sort of came to the end of my time with Israel that I was, um, yeah sort of having a, a good hard think about things and, and was like, you know, like if I'm not really enjoying the racing side of things, then what am I doing? You know, like, yeah, you know, but, but I'm not, but I'm not done in cycling and I'm not done as an athlete. So how can I make this work where I can still do this, but do it on my terms. And luckily somehow I, I stumbled across Legion or they stumbled across me and, and it's just been like the ultimate blessing that I, I can just live the life that I wanted to um, and not be told that you're this athlete. So therefore you need to do these types of races that actually you're not going to really enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet, man. It's, that's really cool. Um, it's different. Just... I understand. And I, it's nothing against the, the world tour or something. I, I watch every single race completely. I'm a huge fan, um, cool. but it's, it's niche. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you've seen the last, you know, two years, there's more and more ways that people are making a career out of being a cyclist. And it's not the only way, isn't world tour totally. professional, you know, it's why, and it's really cool too. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. With, yeah. um, with Legion, um, well, what's so attractive about being on the team for, for you? Um, what do you like most yeah. about being on that Legion team? Yeah, I guess I'm probably a little bit still um, uh, the odd one out on, on Legion in terms of um, type of rider. 
Um, obviously, mm. it's it's a it's a correct team um, in terms of what they're known for. I I don't believe they're a correct team because I've seen what all the guys are capable of outside of crits, and it's pretty yeah. impressive. Mm. Um, but uh, people think Legion, they think Criteriums, and they think yeah. Corey Williams, Justin Williams. Yeah. And that's fair enough because that, that that's that's uh, what what it was sort of built upon. Um, and I did grow up racing, um, racing criteriums. As we know, Australia is huge on criteriums. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely, I could put up a fight against uh, Legion. Some of the the top guys in Australia for sure. They're, they're unbelievable crit races. So, um, but. Uh, as, as my skill and forte, I wouldn't say it would be uh, crit racing. Um, so uh, Legion sort of uh, brought me on as, as someone that, that uh, yeah, can get involved in the crits here and there, but also brings a presence among, uh, I guess, other formats. And if that's grapple racing or if that's uh, online with uh, Zwift. And, and now we're doing quite a really nice uh, road calendar, which is something that um, interests me a lot. Um, racing in the states and potentially overseas and and targeting sort of UCI races, um, funnily enough, again, but in a way that excites me and uh, something that I'm like comfortable with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, last year was awesome. I got to see uh, so many cool things and be a part of uh, so many great experiences with the team and, and had some personal success myself, which was, which is nice to sort of feel that again on a bike and uh, yeah, hopefully continue, continue doing that even more this year. Yeah. Sick. What, what are you, um, what's like just the one event that you're really looking forward to this year? Um, I don't know. I, I'm sort of a guy that like uh, has sort of uh, a goal that I'll work towards and I'll very quickly move on, on to the next one. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, for it, at the moment, I'm, I guess I'm working towards the, the eSport World Championships in, in the end mm-hmm. of February, which is three weeks away. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to have had some success on on the, at eSports and um, these you know opportunities to become world champion are yeah not very uh, often come of, uh, that you come about as an athlete. So oh. yeah, it, you'd be silly not to go full gas for it, and that's exactly what I'm doing and. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I've been training for, I guess, for the last sort of um, six weeks. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, like esports. I mean, on a lot of other and a lot of other sporting codes, it's gone. You know, massive. Obviously, it's massive in like Formula One and that sort of stuff. And with, yeah. the, with the rise of Zwift and all that it, yeah. at the moment, esports like just now it's getting big. But you can see in five, ten years' time, it's going to be massive. Um, I hope so. I hope so uh, because um, I'm obviously quiet uh, uh, and I'm not bad at it. So yeah, yeah. If want to continue uh, progressing like the Formula One esports, and yeah, I'd, I'd be well aboard okay. that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think obviously the big thing was uh, COVID. It, it really it was one of the few things that COVID actually benefited. Um, in, a, in a massive way, which is which is ironic, being a pandemic. But uh, yeah, I think most people, especially pros, were were forced to adapt to enjoying Zwift or or at least doing Zwift because there was no other way to to mm. get your training in. And I was actually one of those people. I wasn't um, I wasn't into Zwift at all before the pandemic, and 
and COVID sort of got me on online and racing with uh, with some some of the other people that were stuck indoors in Girona at the time, guys like guys like Jimmy Whelan. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously killing that at the moment. So uh, yeah. shout out Jimmy. And yeah, it, it's just one thing led to another. I got a hang of it. it for some reason, it suits my type of um, characteristics as a, as a cyclist. Uh, mm. I always, I, I get the question regularly, like, well, what, why, how and why do you sort of excel at Zwift more, mm-hmm. more than others? And I, I struggle to answer it because I, I don't really know myself, to be honest. It just, just sort of comes naturally. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's great. And I think the world championships is still something that's super new last, um, yeah. the last one though, it was great, but I think they, there was a platform for them to sort of progress to making it bigger and better and harder. And, and I, I think the, I think the one in three weeks should be, should be good. It should be hard. Yeah. So, well, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, what is it? 54. 55 k's, 54.9 k's, um, like 900 meters. It's the New York course. What do you think about that course being used as a world champ? <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting choice. I guess it, it's hard. Every time I raced in New York, it's like it's 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 just uncomfortable, isn't it? It's like it is uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's always kind of somewhat strung out, and you're like, why is this strung out right now? Like, but it but it is, mm. and then. And then those climbs are like, oh my so god! Hard. <laughs> yeah, that la- that one's at the top where it goes up to fourteen oh, percent. It's like it's a clamp on your trainer, right? Eh? You feel like you're just yeah, and through, you can like, like you can see it all the way around. It's just like never ends, <laughs> and your avatar's like not moving. It's brutal. <laughs> so, That's exactly like, what it's like. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. You never like, ride um, New York if you just have like an easy day, you know, because you, your trainer just goes to like infinity resistance <laughs> you're yeah, just not right that's how i would describe it it's like the avatar was like uh pedersen and cookard last night in that stage <laughs> finish <laughs> going toe to toe yeah like, but um <laughs> yeah like i mean i mean from a, um, i guess like, for racing it's good though especially for a guy that um like myself who 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 wants a hard race and um yeah yeah sort yeah, of favors yeah. a watch per kilo sort of uh scenario so Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not complaining that it finishes on a on a climb like that for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, on the Zwift Academy when they showed uh, the the footage of when they had the the races in the game, the points races and stuff, and the way they were broadcasting the, the actual race, and they had Rob Hatch commentating and stuff, uh, which was really cool. I thought the way they did it was quite good because they would off they would show the different views of the the of the race and. Doing that with the New York course is cool because it's a pretty cool viewscape, you know, when you're skipping yeah, from left totally. view to right. Yeah. So I imagine they chose it because of that because it kind of shows off like what they can do with the game. They've created New York yeah. City, you know, yeah. floating world. I think, I think that's like also a good point in like how Zwift or, um, or GCN or whoever choose, choose to broadcast the race because i think that still has has, has a little way to go in in using the the cameras of, of like the athletes mm-hmm. um or using like even just a point of view from like this is uh this is freddie Ovet's view right now this is this is his heart rate this is his power this is mm. how he's moving through the pack mm. and I, or this this was how uh, this person won the race and then they go through the last sort of 2k from from our point of view mm. um because a, a lot of 
uh, a lot of people like to see how how people go about the race um, from their point of view, if you know what I mean. Like a lot of people like to stream races, and then uh, all these people like to watch the race to see how the athlete is is choosing to go about the race in their own way, and then you can imagine yourself as that athlete, you know, and yeah. oh, okay, I see what he's doing here instead of just like a yeah a bird's eye view of like a, a bunch of avatars going up a climb and it yeah sometimes uh, it's hard to identify with with that mm. um so i still think that has a bit of ways to go in, in how they uh sort of broadcast the race and, and make it interesting from different angles um so yeah i don't know what they have in store in a few weeks time but maybe they've maybe got they've got some dope camera angles coming up that we, oh. we haven't they got some <laughs> They got some drones up there in New York, and they're <laughs> that would be, oh yeah, drones. Well, I think that you know that's an, I reckon they're the future of drones of um, cycling coverage. But anyway, that's not Star Wars from that. But um, for the world, I don't know. Are you guys? Is everyone in the same? Not all in the same room. It's just from home, right? No, yeah, I think it, it, it's maybe potentially the the last year that they do this, where where you 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 do it from your own setup. Yeah. Well, you do it from your own living quarters or wherever you want to do it, and then yeah. you do it on there. Um, they send everyone out um, Wahoo kicker trainers, so you have to use their equipment. Yeah, standardized. Um, hey, legends, just jumping in to say thank you so much for tuning in for the first episode of season two. I really appreciate it. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the Instagram. The Instagram is where all the content and all the news and the updates uh, occur. That's where I post most of the stuff, and it's the best way to follow with the latest news on the press room. Um, If you haven't rated the podcast already, get on Apple, give it a star rating, and let me know what you thought about the episode or what you really like about the podcast. It really helps the algorithm, and it helps the podcast grow. Same thing for Spotify. There's a little star rating thing. I think I'm on 47 five-star ratings. Now, obviously, I don't want you to rate it five stars if you don't think it is, but if you do, hey, hit that five stars and boost that up. I want to see that on 100, hopefully by the end of the season, but I guess i got to make some good stuff first. So hopefully it's good enough that you guys will think it's worthy of a five-star rating. Um, Also... These podcasts or little snippets of these podcasts are going on YouTube. So look out for that. That's coming very, very soon. I wonder, what did you guys think of the branding? Let me know. Send me a message or comment on the Instagram. And um, yeah, let me know if you liked it because uh, I think it is absolutely popping. Anyway, back to the episode. Here's Freddie. Someone's going to get stitched up with the time zone, eh? Yeah, uh, one of the nations say. will, and it's usually the Aussies, man. It's usually the Aussies. <laughs> they're, they're usually like, oh, yeah, they're the minority. Flick them, yeah, flick them. Yeah, it's them and the Japanese. There, they you, you get you like, <laughs> you see like in the race, they like go across to like this is so and so in Australia, and and usually the room's like super dark. Like you can, <laughs> they've got like a blue light on their face from the yeah. screen. They're yeah, trying yeah. not to wake up their parents, you know, whatever. So it's mm. usually the Aussies that, because uh, it's it's such a difficult time zone to. to mm. um, but in saying that, most of the Aussie team is kind of European based. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Um, maybe yeah. Uh, maybe Rachel Wales is on some of the uh, Australian girls. Maybe 
Um, uh, but uh, yeah, but, but, but no, I think yeah. So not too anyway, bad. Once the adrenaline gets uh, going, you yeah, I don't think it really makes a difference to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, so. caffeine gel at two AM is the same as one at nine AM. <laughs> yeah, when you're weighing twelve at night, that's, uh, <laughs> end of the day. <laughs> so, well, what am I doing at the moment? <laughs> like the the racing on Zwift is it's different to outdoor racing, not in a bad way. I really love the racing on Zwift. It's it's cool, and but I wanted to know, Freddie, from your point of view, I, I haven't raced any of the. Um, like the, the top Zwift events, uh, I've raced it just like the normal, you just A, B, C grade sort of stuff. But is is the racing, do you think the racing will be anything like it is outdoors in the world champs where like like a little move goes off the front and like, you know, that sort of stuff? Or it's a pretty short course. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Like I think, I think, Comparing it to outdoor racing is it's it's something that people love to do because um, it's such a new like facet of cycling. So so whenever whenever anything's new, the easiest thing that anyone can do is is related to what they know, and that's outdoor mm. cycling. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, that in my view, that esports is is never going to be like outdoor cycling because yeah. it's not. It, you're indoor and and you're on a stationary <laughs> trainer and oh, you're looking at a TV or a laptop and and it's. And I think the sooner that people respect and understand that they're completely different diff- disciplines, almost sports, the the better because it, it's it's all it's just an unfair comparison, and, and someone is is going to kind of get thrown under the bus um, in terms of like a comparison one way or another. But in saying that, uh, there are tactic crossovers that that for sure it's still a, a cycling race and they're still drafting and things like that so in terms of like a move going off the front um i've noticed recently ever since i got back on swift after the summer um, i had a decent amount of time away from it with the outdoor racing in the states that um the the updated draft seems to encourage breakaways more I, i've seen a lot more moves going off the front and, and kind of sticking as well hmm. um so yeah, it's definitely something that we have to be wary of. But I have noticed that the high-end races with the Premier League or the World Championships or like the Virtual Tour de France, that um, the pack is so big and the pack is so strong because they're the best guys, and the pack is kind of so nervous that it it just carries this crazy perpetual momentum yeah. that you just you're just going at like fifty-five k an hour. Because everyone's like, oh, this is World Championships. I, I need to, I need to be forward. Or this is New York, so it's kind of you don't want to be at the back, and and it's kind of just like this massive tidal wave of of avatars. Mm. Would you <laughs> would that. you compare it to um? Because that makes me think of that scenario. Just makes me think of like a flat four corner criterion on smooth hot mix. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's exactly and and the way that Legion ride that we 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 see it copious amounts of times where, where a group or one or two or three or four guys go up the road. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, shit, like, these, these guys are going like four guys. Like we, we got to be careful. Like, you know, like we got to, you know, crack on and ride a bit harder and, and then they'd be out there, they get this sort of like big gap and you're like stressing and the lap later, you'd sort of see them and a lap later, you'd they'd be a bit closer and two laps later, they're like back in the group. Yeah, and it's like they are. Like, what did what are they gonna do? Ride sixty k an hour when we're yeah. riding fifty five? 
you know, like it, that's the basic physics of drafting mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're not 30% better than us. Yeah. Um, even if they're 5%, they, they still can't do it. So, and that's kind of, that's the same theory was with like mm-hmm. it to out, to out uh, power a, a, a Zwift Peloton it is more or less impossible uh, yeah. unless the situation is, is right where the, the, uh, um, got enough riders sprung out and there's enough climbs and things where what's mm. per kilo but if it's a flat sort of generally rolling circuit yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the climbs is what was, mm, the climbs are what split it up you know it, might, it sounds like yeah, the new york exactly. course would just be uh like an elimination i think so yeah i think so because we go up it twice before the the last one at the end so it's three times <sighs> total and yeah I, I i i imagine that it'll be in pieces but before the last one i hope that, that that's my um yeah that's my yeah. hope that it's that it's super hard the first two times and it kind of has to be hard because it's just naturally it's such a hard climb and i think um, we're riding 100 percent trainer difficulty as well so oh yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you do like any, um, like obviously you, you, you're on the Wahoo setup, which I mean, even if they weren't the standardized trainer, the Wahoos are the best anyway for road field. That's what I think. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone could complain about uh, yeah. the, the, the training choice for sure. Yeah. But would you like, um, would you do anything special for the for the world champs? Like, would you like, uh, like, would you go like wax chain or anything like that? Do you do that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Means more in a trainer. Yeah, it does. I mean, at the end of the day, the the only uh, parameter that matters is what um, yeah. and weight. So there's two very simple things that you can take care of: is, is making sure you're as light as possible, but still be able to, but still, you know. Uh, yeah fueled and, and and hydrated enough to perform and then obviously with them giving us uh the trainer you can't really control the watts but you can still control your own drivetrain to oh yeah to optimize and make that as uh you know australians have always been the most um technically savvy people i think i've come across in cycling but they they love like all those watt saving things so yeah i'm i definitely will not be uh uh, leaving anything for chance with my drive chain. I'm, you know, lucky enough to have great uh, sponsors with the team and, and yep. um, people helping out. So it, it's very easy to pop my bike down to the, the bike shop the day before and make sure everything's completely uh, slippery. Oh yeah. That's sick. That yeah. is cool. No, um, yeah. Which is, which is kind of, it's a funny thought thinking that you're doing <laughs> that for a good race, but you know, well, chance, man, and this end. Well, chance, man. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's proper money on the line too. Like, yeah, eight k euro for for first place for both men's and women's. That is decent yeah. for an esports. Yeah, it is. And I, I think uh, what we saw with Jason Osborne last year, when everyone that it, it it opens doors in terms of just uh, publicity and and just extra things that you can do throughout the year and. Uh, extra things that you can pick up along the way. Yeah, I don't think he utilized it as much as he could have, um, but he was sort of pursuing an outdoor career, which is obviously with quick step, it's fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know, world, world champ in, in, in anything, it's just, it's a, it's like a brand almost, isn't it? It's like um, mm-hmm. this person, world champion of this sport, it's, then you yeah, can nice. really use, utilize that to, um, numerous effects i think yeah do you have um like obviously in the race you guys will have the 
like with the be like the nationals kit in the game. I've seen the aero racing kits, yeah, Australia's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, cool. they they like unlock the the national kit the the, wow. the days before or something. It's pretty pretty cool. And then and then they send us the the real kit to wear. Um, That's cool. Ourselves, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Just, Can, yeah. Will you be able to wear in game the nationals kit after the race? I think you can. Yeah, I think I still got mine from last time. Oh, that's um, cool. That's a heavy flex, though, just rolling around in your national kit. No, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you I mean, still, why right? not? You made the yeah, team. At not? least maybe honor it for like the year of being part of the national team. Maybe, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, wearing yeah. an old one. But I mean, you have respect that. it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with wearing kits. I've always thought, thought that weird that it's kind of frowned upon to, to wear like a pro kit. You know, there's oh, this. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's sick to to like represent your team, you know, like whoever yeah. whoever you team that you really get around, and why not? Like it's it's like a dude wearing a messy jersey, you know. You, you never yeah. be like, oh look at this, guy. he thinks he's messy. It's like yeah, no, he doesn't. He just <laughs> obviously really like messy. I'm not messy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think he's messy, and obviously that guy wearing the Ineos jersey doesn't think he's you know Egan Bernal. Yeah, so, you know, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, Pat- rock. Rock your Aussie jersey on Swift and go for it. Yep. I reckon having the uh, the world champs jersey in the game would be awesome. Like I can imagine myself riding as Swift. And if I saw the world champion in the game ride past me, like that is just that would it's very exciting. It is pretty cool because I guess like I guess people can never ride with Julian Alaphilippe. Because they don't live in Angora and they don't live in Europe, so they're, and they're never going to see him. Whereas on Zwift, uh, you get that you have that thing now where you like log on and it shows all the photos that arrived. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So you, you can just like click like, oh, this this guy's a world champion. I'm going to ride with him and take a little mm-hmm. screenshot. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, in a in a strange way, um, I've never seen the world champ actually rolling around myself, but neither. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But my yeah. my very first Zwift, um, like every first ever time I was on Zwift, naturally I started a race because I was like, well, I'm here to race, let's do it. And I was in, it was like a London, no, Yorkshire course. Oh, no, London course. And Mark Cavendish was in it. And, oh, yeah? Um, yeah, it was my very first That's one. Cool. I was like, this is like five years ago. And I was like, whoa, I just did a race with Mark Cavendish. He was probably watching yeah. TV or something. But to me, cool. I was like, that is so cool. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's the that beauty cool. of the game. That is the beauty of the game. It's it's accessible. And, and, and yeah. in these times, especially, that, that that's super important. So, mm. um, yeah, I remember that the, the same thing in lockdown. That it, it, There was, like, every pro was on Zwift. And, and you, <laughs> you enter any race at any given time and there'd be, like, I don't know, some, like... Some just hit her like Garen Thomas. Or, okay, just I guess, I guess he's on Zwift today, you know. Or and then they're all, they're all getting flagged, like Thomas again getting flagged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, that was cool. But I mean, back to the the Australian team. I mean, it's a pretty good team, male and female. Yeah, like you obviously got Trayvon in there. Um, yeah, Alex Bogner. Um, yeah. How do you how do you think you guys will go? Is there any other nations that you're looking at? I don't know. Like, I, a lot. I think I think the idea is that we are going to get together and, and for a call in the next sort of week or so and have a chat. Um, cool. But yeah, it's a, it's a killer team, man. Like it's 
bunch of savages to be honest especially like outdoor and indoor like the yeah, guys are guys are really good and I, I struggle to see a team that's that sort of um uh good <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I just think I, I looked at um the other day and i was like shit like kind of a, any one of us could could win on a given sort of day yeah um so yeah it, it, it's hard to come up with i think with like a team tactic um, I think Zwift is still kind of uh, in sort of its infancy when it comes to team tactics. It, it, this, there's things that you can do, but there's certainly things that you you shouldn't do because um, it won't benefit anyone. Um, but I think uh, from what I can see that all, all, the, all the Australians would, would really want a hard race because that's the sort of riders we are. So um, any way that we can make it harder, I think... Uh, is beneficial for everyone so mm. um yeah like i said we haven't had a chat about it but i'm, I'm imagining that um that everyone would be pretty keen to to see a, a hard race and the sort of strongest guy win mm. um, I wonder, yeah I, I noticed uh i was reading the little thing on the uci's website and they they said that this there would be some power-ups available but not all of them i think you find out yeah soon. They like did that, that last last world championships where they basically the only power up that you get was the like the feather or the arrow, um, mm-hmm. and and then you can't get anything else. And uh, to be honest, I thought that was a little bit strange because it, it kind of you kind of if you want a that a particular arrow or a particular feather, yeah, you're going to be able to get it no matter what. So therefore the the gamification of like getting a power up that you want and then waiting to use it at the right moment or like the random effect of wanting a, a, a specific power up but not getting it and then having to come up with a different tactic that kind of goes out the window because you're going to get the power up you want because mm-hmm. there's only two two power ups and i think i don't know how many chances there are to to, to get it maybe 10 times so every time you go up we go up the new york climb you're going to see like 400 feathers you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good point and, yeah you know and then uh, the same with the arrow maybe i get, i don't know on the on the downhill or something so it, it's like it takes some of the tactics out of it yeah it's like it, either like give the use the whole power up um all the, all the ones that, that there are, yeah, range to offer or, oh, or no. don't use them at all because one or two, everyone's going to use them in the right time and right place because mm. we're experienced lifters, we, we know when you when to use them. So therefore, it kind of like takes away from any advantage of getting it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, I do understand that like it's a game, they need to publicize and advertise the gamification side of things, which are power-ups. Um, so yeah, we definitely have to use them, mm. but, uh, limiting, limiting, limiting them to the two best power-ups. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a interesting yep. decision. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know I mean? um, it, it's, yeah, no, you made it super clear on why and it makes sense. I'm sure, you know, it's only the first few years, the world chance I'll get it. They'll work out which is the best way to run it. Um, yeah. What about, like you mentioned, you've been training, for, for the last sort of six or so weeks, uh, a few, still a few weeks to go. Do you train um, outside of just riding Zwift? Do you train in any certain specific way? Like, do you focus on anything in particular with regards to your training? 
the the mistake that I made last <clears throat> World Championships was um, I didn't have enough a lot of time because I was I was doing a project um, before that. And I think I had I think I had basically like a month or three weeks, and I was like, right, I need to get back onto Zwift and I need to get back onto it in a big way, and. Uh, my rationale was like, okay, I was really good at Zwift in lockdown. What was I doing in lockdown? Well, I was writing Zwift two or three hours a day. And I, I basically replicated that where I, I did more or less two to three weeks of pure Zwift racing every day. And it, and it cooked me. I, I, I overdid it. Oh. I, was, I was just every day sort of going to the well once or one too many times and i got to the i got to the world champs and i was just a little bit flat um so i've, I've kind of taken the opposite approach where i've done i would say 95 percent of my training on the road as i usually do mm. um up, up and down climbs up and down climbs plenty of intervals i've never done this many intervals nice i think in my life wow uh, and, and then i would uh yeah uh, we race with the team Legion uh, once a week in the community division. So I, I get a feel of the Zwift dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might jump in another one sort of late in the week just to, again, get that feel. But I, I've honestly, I've done only a handful of races this last sort of month or so, but enough to sort of like, right, like it's not my first time on Zwift. I, I know how this works. I know that how this feels. Mm-hmm. Um the course kind of lends itself to just being really strong and, and yeah. being the fastest guy up that final climb or, or, or the freshest guy before that final climb. So freshest. that's kind of how I've been approaching it. Um, I, I normally do like a bunch of big gear training anyway. So that lends itself well to this sort yeah. of course, I guess. So yeah, just your standard bread and butter, mate, you know, a bunch of threshold, a little bit of VO2, bunch of zone three, recover yeah. that's you know, not rocket science do you think zwift is um i always think just ergo in general it's like uh it's a little bit sometimes it feels like a like a almost like a gym workout you know because it, it it feels like you're putting power out on the pedal stroke about the cranks like for longer in the pedal stroke that's mm. what it feels like because you don't have the momentum or the inertia you know on the crank yeah. So yeah. it's, it's almost like you're putting out power for longer and it always feels like you've done a little bit like a gym session after a, a hard gym yeah. session. I don't know what it it's is. It's interesting point because there's just some people, and I know this because I've always obviously been an outdoor cyclist my whole career and that's what I always be. So my, my circles are outdoor cyclists. And there's some people that just can't get the power out on Zwift or can't get the power out on a train. And, and I know that they can outdoors because I've seen it firsthand, but for some reason, the, the static bike and, and no uh, movement side to side, they, uh, it just, I, I don't know why, but they, it just, they just can't get the power out. And then that is definitely always seen in sprinting. Like uh, some of the guys on our team can like rip a savage sprint, like, big big watts but on on zwift they they struggle to get it out because they can't get that torque i guess side to side Mm. um whereas i i i can be and i think one of the main reasons is that is i sprint outside and my bike remains very straight there's minimal side to side and i Mm. i sprint my bike stays like that and obviously your bike stays like that uh indoors at least yeah yeah um and I, I think it's purely uh, out of luck uh, the way that I sprint that 
it works really well on Zwift. Whereas um, most people talk their bike a lot. And I think that is a reason why the, the, the power doesn't sort of translate. For um, sure. For sure. That's a great point. No, yeah. Yeah. Because you, you don't ride your bike indoors like you do outdoors. No you, way. You, you're completely relaxed up front because you don't have to be conscious mm-hmm. of uh, anything. Um, so your core is a lot more relaxed and yeah, yeah your, your back is a lot more uh, rigid. And mm-hmm. I remember that when I got out of um, quarantine and I got on the bike, I felt horrible for like a month. <laughs> like my back was like broken. It, it, it felt so bad. And yeah. it was just because I was so relaxed indoors and like just, you know, I could do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. And I, I lost all those like uh, support muscles. Um <laughs> yeah, I guess it goes back to my point of like being a different sport almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially with sprinting and, and just getting out of the seat and climbing as well. And it makes me think yeah. of um, a couple of sprinters or like classic guys that just the way you're describing it, they'd be, I reckon, they'd have a good sprint indoors. And you know, guys like uh, like Degenkov, Van Art, yeah, um, Magnus Court. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Magnus Court, they really like stomp yeah. the pedals so the bike doesn't yeah. move. Yeah, so that's a good even, point. Uh, they had a cook back in the day, man. Like he was his stomp off. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I remember I actually asked like a sort of top level sprinter that question like, is, is there any benefit in talking a bike left or right? And, and they, they, they couldn't really give an answer. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just what what comes naturally to you. I think for for maximizing power output, it's I think it is surely yeah straight line the best because I, I think about track sprinters. They ain't talking their bikes when they start yeah. that gear up. You know, yeah. they're in one line. Yeah. Everything's pretty rigid. Um, yeah, but. You know, everyone's got the way they're built differently. You ask Kevin just that, and he'll say something completely different and um, different yeah, worlds. Yeah. But um, it is such an interesting topic, and because Zwift is so still so new, you know, and there's there isn't a cut and dry way to do everything yet. It's it's oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's still like I mean, they're still like releasing new worlds and maps, oh. and updating the drafting and everything. It, it's, it changes constantly, and if you're not mm. Like, well, like when I came back online like a couple months ago, I was like, shit, like I need to spend mm. some time here working out what's going on because it's different to, <laughs> to what I used to before, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, um, I think they Zwift could even be much further down the line with the game development if they could get the game developers because I think the best game developers out there are already working on and i've heard eric min talk about this on another podcast they're already working like the ones they want to get who can build the worlds and do everything who are elite at the stuff they're already working on like you know grand theft auto and all those other games yeah. you know that they're, they're the best are on those games yeah so right. if they do find one of those people who are just the elite people at this whatever that is making worlds like they have to try and prime away from those games, the massive games. But then yeah, if right. they do, that person kind of has to be a cyclist as well. I feel like. Yeah, surely the, you know, the money is definitely more encouraging on those. That too. Guys. Yeah. And so you just go from like niche to niche and you find someone who's really good at that, like cycling and isn't working for one of those 
big games. It's got to be and, out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zwift via City. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, that would be a lease. Hey, someone That'd did that. Dope, I think GP Lama hooked up something on his did he? bike. Yeah, GP Lama's got a video on I YouTube of him riding really? San Andreas like in the cul-de-sac yeah. on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, Vice City, man. Um, Vice City was the best one for sure. Yeah. Oh, Vice City. The track and stuff. They need to, they need to change the Swift soundtracks to the Vice City. You know what song I always think about is that um, you get in the taxi, it's like um, video kill the radio yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear that, it's just like mad flashbacks to my yeah. youth, you know? Yeah, man. Just looking people out of cars and stuff. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's yeah, going into tag Every time I load Swift up and my girlfriend hears the Swift soundtrack, she's like, oh, my God, again. Like, Here it comes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's catchy. No, um, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's its own little thing. Well, I'm going to put the GTA in the tagline for this episode, I reckon. It was nice to finish on that one. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> sure. uh, Freddie, mate, thanks so much for... Um, all your time that was such a good chat and you're really well you're really good speaker um oh thank you no man lovely really to chat good. love uh, yeah. to catch up with someone back home as well and uh, no, yeah I that. love what you yeah. do i've watched other episodes as well man so oh i see it thanks yeah yeah killing it all right legends that is it you know what i'm gonna say that is another episode done and dusted. That is the first episode done and dusted of season two. And it means you're just an hour closer to finding out who the title sponsor is for the press room season two and three. And you can hear it in my voice. You know, you know who it is. But I can't say anything yet. You're going to have to wait till next week. But anyway, big thanks to Freddie. Big thanks to Legion. Um... And for, you know, letting Freddie come on the pod. He was so keen. And, um, yeah, it was just awesome for him to give up his time, you know. And, and we chatted for quite a bit off air. And he's a top, top bloke. So make sure you follow him on Instagram and look out for him in the race. Send him a message. Send him a good luck. And, um, hey, if you like this episode, share it on your Instagram story. If you're on the ergo, take a picture, share the card, you know, just whatever. If you really liked it. And otherwise... If you know someone that hasn't heard of the podcast before, maybe just tell them. Next time you're on that bunch ride, chopping off, just go, hey, look, have you heard of the press room? And the old mate will be like, no, I haven't yet. What's that? Let them know. Check this episode out if you think they'll like it. Anyway, I'm rambling. Thanks so much. We've got another episode coming up in a couple of days' time. It's so good to be back, and thank you for listening, guys. All right, see you later.